Welcome to the Capital Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Brinkley. Each week, we hear from stay-at-home moms who earn at least $2,000 per month without having to miss out on any of the precious moments with their kids. Welcome back to another episode of the Capital Mom Podcast. I am pleased to welcome today's guest, Fenice Shamala Malengwa. Fenice is a mom of two children who are six and four years old. Before starting her family, she had a successful but demanding career in event sales and marketing. In 2014, she decided to slow down and was blessed with her first daughter in 2015. But just three days after having her baby, she suffered severe medical conditions that took her on a three-year journey of illness, loss, grief, and depression. Thankfully, she survived all of that and is thriving now. Now, Fenice is working as a business strategy coach for moms who want to earn money while working from home doing what they love. To top it off, she earns more money while working less time and gets to be there for her own family. Fenice, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Let's go back to even before you had your first daughter and tell me what was it like to go from this thriving, busy, um, demanding career and decide I'm going to slow down and start my family? Okay, so I, I, I honestly, I don't want to say I thought about it too, <laughs> too much. I just felt like it was time. I didn't plan it very well. I didn't have this uh, great plan. I just thought it was time. I was uh, in, uh, getting into 30, you know, when you reach a new de- decade and you want to do something different. And so I had also been doing my business since I was 22 and I've, it was becoming the same kind of thing it was easy to do I wasn't feeling challenged so I think that also contributed to me taking a step back and saying okay uh, let me start a family and I really really love kids so I always wanted to have my own children awesome and when you had your first child before she was born had you had any type of a medical history or any any type of symptoms where you thought something might not be right physically no 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 no. I I never had any issues even with my pregnancy I never had any issues until the last uh, month so I didn't expect things to turn that way I probably had those issues but I had no idea I that that's what I thought say right and so Mm -hmm. you have your new baby you have decided okay this is what we're going to do we're going to have our family right now I'm going to step back from being so busy with work and then all of a sudden three days after you have her you have a stroke and you are diagnosed with Bell's palsy how terrifying I mean that is I cannot even imagine. First of all, you have this new baby to take care of, but it's just like you've got to take care of you. So just tell us a little bit about what that was like. 
I was crazy. I was terrified. I I didn't know what was going on because it was just after I had come home with a new baby. This is my first baby. And then that morning when I woke up, like nothing, my eye, my eye on my right is not closing. My mouth is not closing. I'm trying to brush my teeth and everything is coming out. And I'm like, what the hell is, you know? And when you have a new baby, everything is confusing. Your whole body is confusing. The baby is confused. You're confused. <laughs> Your husband is confused. So I thought, oh, maybe, you know, it is something to do with the baby. And then my husband came to, you know, the bathroom and saw me and I could see the shock in his face and I knew something was wrong. So when finally I saw myself, I was shocked. I was terrified. I had no idea what was happening. It wasn't something I could research because I didn't know. So I was just twitching and one side wasn't as strong as the other side. And to make matters worse, my baby had colic and he, she was very attached to me. So even going to the doctors, I had to go with her and at the same time, it was really the most difficult time and it took so long and uh, even talking about it just makes me want to cry because it was a real, real challenge. Yes. And you said that you really dealt with this for about three years that you were yes. going through the feelings. What were the medical challenges the three years or was it were the medical challenges shorter and then the depression the loss the grief was more long term yeah so the medical condition I was immobile for eight months so I had to have help you know getting ready putting on my clothes putting the child on my breast because I was breastfeeding going for physiotherapy and things like that it took eight months so that uh, and then after eight months I actually didn't even care whether I'm better or not as soon as I felt a little bit stronger I just stopped because I got so tired of going to hospitals I got so tired of you I couldn't take all kinds of medication because I was breastfeeding so it was just too tough so I actually just told the doctor I don't want to do anything you know anymore because I need a break like I'm feeling like I'm you know my mind my mind is closing up because it was so stressful so yes it did that and then now because I wasn't looking the best <laughs> you know I first of all you have this baby way to have a new baby so you don't look good and then you're sick and your face is distorted and then you you know you have all this so I didn't want anybody to visit me I didn't want to meet anybody because I didn't want to have to explain to them why, you know, what's going on over and over. So that is what led to the depression that obviously took a longer period of time to recover. Wow. And throughout that time, how did that impact your relationship with your husband? And how did your husband deal with, you know, helping to take care of you and the new baby? Honestly, Stephanie, if my husband wasn't there, I don't know if I would have survived. He just took the strength uh, for me and he was the one telling me, you'll be okay. He was telling me, you still look good. I still, you know, I love you. We're going to overcome this and things like that. So he would really encourage me and, you know, be there for me. And 
he he would do everything for the child for the child because now I wasn't able to do as much. So he would put me in bed, make sure I'm clean and things like that, and then take care of the child. And you know, just it was a lot for him as well. But he was really my strength. Wow, that is that is such a blessing and such an inspirational story and really a testimony to the relationship that you two have. Um, and it's like, if you can get through that together, you can really conquer the world together, I feel. Yeah, we were actually talking about it yesterday. It was like, if anybody, any couple goes through what we have gone through and they're still together and they're still managing to smile, then they can overcome everything because it was a real test uh, of, you know, he had never, he wasn't the maternal person. He didn't even know how to cook. So he had to learn how to cook. He was always on YouTube and, you know, doing it step by step. Like he, he, he was, everything was on YouTube, how to change the baby, how to best the baby, how to do everything. He had to learn from YouTube <laughs> and apply. It. And I, I'm really, you know, I'm so proud of him and how he took the challenge head on because I was really feeling like every time I just wanted to cover myself with a blanket and sleep, like mm -hmm. just drown in my darkness. Yeah. Yes. Well, I want you to start to tell us now. So how did you start to come out of that dark place? And how did you start to transform yourself from that part of your life? Yes. Okay, so I it took me a long time because so my uh, I was sick in 2015. And then in 2017, my sister was also my biggest rock. So my big sister two years older than me she used to cook food in her house and come and bring it and pack it in the fridge help my husband with everything take the baby for some days she was you know part of our trio in ensuring that I had all the support that I needed to get better and she wasn't ill as well she was very okay and then 2017 so I, she, she, I'm starting to get better and I would go to her house and stay there for three days and stuff and just to recover and there was no pressure you don't have to work you don't have to do anything just take your time to heal yourself and then one day she's called us and she's cooking for us she loved to cook and we are having fun and we are laughing and you know just the way you would with family and then she went to the kitchen to get more food from the oven and she just fell down. Like she just collapsed in her kitchen, like suddenly out of nowhere. Oh. So we rushed her to hospital and she, she never came back. And I think that is just what like hit me uh, like, a, I don't know, like a Titanic ship just hit my life. Like I couldn't believe it. Someone was just laughing and the next minute we're in hospital and the next minute I'm being told you know, she's not coming back. So I went further into, you know, depression and I had to now take charge of her things and her son and stuff like that. And it, so that made me have to, you know, come out of things a little bit quickly and try to manage everything that is going on because I was the closest to her. So I had to, you know, be the one to inform other people that this has happened you know how to arrange everything and everything is just like it's like you're a robot you're just doing it but you actually don't believe it I tell people it happened in 2017 but even now I still don't believe it so with that uh, I had her son for a few years and I had I had to wake up I had to wake up and be there for my nephew and that just that was the you know life slapped me 
into reality and like you have to get it together and yeah so that is what happened and now I had to think of what can I do so that I still remain with you know the kids and still you know be able to contribute and help obviously my husband the bills were piling up yeah healthcare is very expensive so the That's bills were piling up yeah he's also an entrepreneur so he couldn't work because he was also like a full-time caregiver so the bills don't care about what is happening in your in your life so we had i had to now like you have to do what can you do you know to change the situation and help out because things are going all right yeah well that is you know a tragic story but it also just shows when we have to step up because we have responsibilities in our life and someone even other than ourselves that we have to take care of sometimes that's what it takes to yeah. you know jump start us and get us back on track yeah. so yeah. now you have this need the bills are piling up like you said um the bills don't stop just because your life is going um downhill so how did you decide then to become a business strategist for moms how did that evolve yeah so before i was an event marketing so i was still in the marketing field and then i also had experience with experiential marketing but with events and experiential you have to travel because it's huge projects with over 500 people a thousand people you have to travel in different towns to you know do setup and stuff like that so i i couldn't do that because first of all i wanted to be at home and then also my health could not allow it so i really wanted to figure out what i can do the way i know myself if i love something i do it well if i don't then <laughs> then you know i i cannot do it well so employment was not the option <laughs> because i i know i couldn't follow the rules and i i would say this rule is stupid why do i have to go to lunch at 1 i want to go at lunch at 2 <laughs> and then i would be in some <laughs> you know you have to know your personality and how it fits into your life so i knew because i had have had previous when i was younger where i was employed and i know how frustrating it was for me because something as simple as i cannot go for lunch at 2 would just like stress me and frustrate me i said what options do i have so i started researching on uh online and then i started seeing uh people who can help me and I had i went through the normal free strategy calls and just trying to discover it took me a while it took me a bit of like seven months just to discover what are my strengths how can i best serve people because that was very important to me that's why if i i want to be able to impact so even though i want to make money i want to be able to impact the person i'm serving so i got a coach my first coach who helped me so i am actually looking for a, someone to help me with my grief and my situation and stuff like that and we got talking and she was advising me and she's the one who told me i know a business coach who can be able to assist you and then she introduced me to this business coach but we didn't gel we didn't vibe but i saw the opportunity there and then i got another coach who was just as crazy as me and got me and understood where i was coming from and we had a good working relationship who now told me you have so much experience you worked you know in different sectors you brought a, a lot of results in transformation i think this can be something that is very good for you so then i went for the for the course and 
you know, just to confirm <laughs> that I am ready for this. And I honestly, I started loving it because, you know, when you're going through the course, you're also working at the same time because you're implementing the strategies that you're learning. And I just, I loved it. And I was giving people free strategies and they were using them and getting results. And I was like, wow, finally something, you know, something that fits, something that I really am good at and, and, and that can actually make me enough money to spend more time at home. Awesome. So it took you about seven months of researching on your own before you came across like your first coach and started working through that process. How much longer do you think it would have taken if you would not have ever hired a coach at all? If you would have just kept trying to do it on your own? Honestly, I really wish I had hired a coach in my first business when I was 22. I feel like I would have made so much money. I would have avoided so many mistakes and I would have saved a lot of time, resources and travel because when I was doing it on my own at 22, everything was just, you know, walking in the dark. So they would ask me how much is the price and I would just guesstimate like how much do I need? And then I had all those issues that you really don't know like uh, the mindset issues or money issues and value and how to value yourself, how to walk away from a situation when it's not, it's not good for your spirit, even though it is a lot of money, you know, things like that. I had no idea. Honestly, I, I was just telling someone, I wish we had coaches when we were in high school because <laughs> it really helps you navigate and have focus on where you're supposed to be. And you save so much time and so much trouble and you really understand how best to use your God-given gift to help others. So my regret is that I got a coach later rather than earlier. Yes, I hear that from a lot of people. And I agree. I think that, you know, I've spent a lot of time researching and trying to figure out on my own. And I think, you know, I definitely could have saved a lot of time. But I had a lot of hesitancy, like, well, coaching can cost a lot of money. And what if I don't really get anything out of it? Or what if it doesn't make a difference? So what are your ideas around that thought? Because I, I think that that's a hesitation for a lot of people. Yes, and I totally understand the hesitation because when I was hiring a coach, like I told you, the bills were high and I was in my last straw, you know? And this was, I wanted to give it all for my, my last chance. So I would just say, do a pros and cons. Do is a, that's what I did. I said, what do... How, where do I want to be in the next seven months? You know, I've just been in the house doing nothing, grieving, being depressed. You know, life is moving. It's not waiting for, for me or anything. Like, how can I balance? How can I save time, save money, and save resources? So I actually did that. I actually wrote it down logically and strategically and said, this is what I want. This is what I think I am capable of. This is what this person can make me achieve. And this is the other side of it. If I don't hire this coach, I probably won't know what I'm doing. I probably won't make the money I need to be able to just, you know, transform my family and make us comfortable and also have more time. So the pros outweigh the cons. So for every individual, I tell them, just think about you, it's like if you have cancer and you don't want to go to the doctor because you think it will cost a lot of money. 
I feel like not knowing your passion or why you're here and how you can impact others, it's the same. It's like you're just drifting through life. So it's really important to take that time to look into yourself because the coach will will have clients whether you sign up with them or not. So it's it's you think about how you what results you want for your life in the next whatever six months or 90 days or whatever it is, and then focus on getting that and leave the side shows, you know. And I'd like to ask you, are there any common threads that you see in the moms that you work with, that you coach, that you feel like, okay, this is something that almost every mom that I work with struggles with mindset or needs to hear? And what would that be? I think moms that I work with or that and also I had the same issue feel like they cannot have it or like it's not possible like this is just for them or or maybe they were probably lucky but it cannot happen for me I cannot actually do what I love and actually make money and have more freedom and time like it I think historically or the way we have seen it with our moms moms are meant to sacrifice and endure and put others before them and the kids come first and do what you can and all that narrative and it is that is you know just because you're a mom I think even for your children what really turned the button for me was when my coach asked me if it was your child if it was your daughter in your shoes what would you tell them and I just started crying. And I said, you know, I would say you're beautiful and you're brilliant and you're amazing and you can do everything. So why would I tell that to my child and not tell myself? Why, why is it true for her and not true for me? And you know, children do as we do, not as we say. So, you, you know, at the end of the day, I would tell the moms, you, you have to think like that. Think about your child and how they're growing and what you want them to. You want them to do what they love. You want them to be happy. You want them to wake up and enjoy working and enjoy being with their clients or their colleagues or whoever they are. And you want them to have the, you know, reduce the most stress in their lives. So if that is what you want for your child, then want it for yourself as well. And it is not selfish and it is not too late and it is not impossible, you know, put yourself, put the oxygen mask on yourself so that you can be able to serve the family. That's so good. And, you know, my listeners for the Capital Mom podcast are really uh, moms who they want more than anything to be at home with their kids because they don't want to miss out on all of those precious things. Um, But at the same time, they need to earn income to help out with their family and to just to make the bills and just, you know, to have enough. And so for our listeners, what would you say to those moms who they're either already at home with their kids and they're, they love that part, but they have that stress and that anxiety over the finances, or they might be working at a job and they're desperately trying to figure out what they can do to be at home, but they just don't know what their thing is. What is that thing that's going to really allow them to have time with their kids, make the money that they need to make, and be something that they enjoy what do you feel like their first step is what can they do to make one step and take one action this week 
very good question, Stephanie. So like it's a double-edged sword with the clients that come to me. I have clients who have great jobs that are nine to five, but they don't get to spend time with their children. It's a stressful job. They have a lot of time. I had one client who says, I hate the commute. I hate the commute. I hate that. She just, the commute was the thing because she could spend so much time in traffic. When she gets home, her child would be, you know, asleep. And obviously she has to leave in the morning. So she's earning a lot of money, but she's not enjoying that money with her child. She had one child. So, and then on the other hand, we have clients who, are at home with their, they're already at home with the children, but they're not doing anything to bring in income. So then they stressful because they're not able to provide for their children the way they would like, or not even be able to enjoy their time with their children because everything is stressful. So I would say the first step that you would take is to, first of all, forgive yourself, mm-hmm. forgive yourself and say, I want to start afresh. I'm ready for the new me. And, you know, if you knew the old me, bye-bye, that person is gone. And find out what you really love. Everybody has something that they love. Everybody has something that gives them so much joy. So I always tell you, tell my clients to write down a list of what they love and the list to be as brief as possible. So maximum of five or minimum of three. And ask yourself why you love that thing. What joy does it bring to you? Do you talk about it a lot? Are you in in groups that talk about that thing? Like me, I belong to groups that talk about sex and the city. I'm obsessed with sex and the city. <laughs> and the city is so much. So things like that. Would what what do you like about that particular thing? So that's number one. And then secondly, ask yourself how you can find a tribe that also loves what you love because. You want to see how you can utilize that passion and turn into into something that is a business. And I have clients who, you know, sometimes people think business just has to be about money or helping people make money. And that is not true. People need a lot of help with different things. I told people I suffered with potty training. I was so jealous of moms who, you know, would just potty train their kids so easily and so effortlessly. And for me, it's it's always been a struggle to portray my children and I'm ready to throw money to solve that problem. So if you love kids and you, it's easy for you to train them and it comes effortlessly, how can you, you know, manage that and turn that into something that can earn you money? Because if you don't love something, first of all, you will not show up in your authentic, genuine self. Your passion will not show. And then also you'll be miserable. So this client who I was telling you about who is a lawyer, even though she was getting a lot of money, she was miserable. So at the end of the day, she was earning enough, like a lot of money, but she wasn't enjoying the money. And then number two, if you're also not earning money and you're still at home with the kids, you're miserable, the kids are miserable. So either way you are, you know, <laughs> you're effed. So I would, <laughs> I advise them to find their passion. It's so important. And find what you love, what comes easily to you, what you can talk about for hours without, you know, uh, prompt and what you're obsessed with. And the thing to say is anything can be turned into a business. Don't just imagine that the business is the suit and tie or the business strategy or 
you know, a lawyer, you can actually turn whatever gift and skills and whatever you love into something that people will buy as long as they understand that this is something that I can solve with this particular person. So find what you love, find out your passion, write it down, put it down, ask yourself why you love it, and then now figure out how you can convert that into something tangible, package it in a way that people are able to see that this is something, this is a solution for a problem that I have, and then they can pay for it. I love that, Fanis. And if they make this list and they figure out the things that they love and they think, okay, this will be something that I would really like to turn into a source of income, but they just aren't quite sure how to do that. Is that where someone like you would come in as a business strategist that you can come alongside to help them put these ideas together and turn it into a money-making business? Yes, exactly. So once you figure out what you love and say, this is something I want to wake up and do every day. This is something that I love to do every day. This is something that I would like to talk to people about every day. Then yes, you really do. You want to shorten the time because you don't want, you know, I'm just remembering, we're talking about my child being born and now my child is six, like time just flashes by. So you want to shorten the time in which you're doing something uh, to, you know, create a change in your life. So yes, it's important to seek help. It's really, you know, seeking help is strength. Seeking help is not weakness. Seeking help is strength. And this is something that I have learned the hard way. And I will always tell people, I really try to uh, preach that people should not make the mistakes that I did. So whatever you, you whatever challenge you have, seek help. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a strength and it is something that will make your load easier. It really does take a village. So when you seek help from someone like me, then I shorten the time that you would have taken to make so many mistakes in the dark. You would, so many frustrations because you're like, oh my God, I love this, but it's not making me enough money. This girl lied. And then <laughs> at the end of the day, so yeah, you get someone who has been there, who has the experience and the skills behind them and, you know, the testimonials to help you reach the other side quickly. Very good. And how can the listeners reach out to you if we want to learn more about your services and just follow what you're doing and get that encouragement um, that you yeah. offer? So Facebook is my jam. <laughs> I'm always on Facebook. So if you uh, search my name, Fanisha Malamulengwa, and send me a friend request or a, a, a direct message, I'll be able to respond. I also have a Facebook group, uh, Moms Making Money Doing What They Love. I think I'll send you the link so that you can also share with them. And yeah, you can reach me there and we can, you know, discuss. Um, I love talking to moms. I really do. <laughs> I think moms, I was telling somebody, moms should not be able to pay tax because they do so much already. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I am yeah. a part of your Facebook group and you always have valuable information in there, valuable posts and engaging oh. posts. And oh. I will definitely be linking to all of that in the show notes. <laughs> Fanise, I just want to say thank you for opening up and sharing your important and inspiring story with us today. And thank you for the work that you're doing to really help moms be able to live out their passion and also be there for their kids in the way that they want to be there. Oh, Stephanie, thank you so much for this great opportunity. I also am a great admirer and fan of yours and the work you're doing is amazing for us moms and I love uh, what you're doing with the podcast. So thank you so much for having me. So very grateful.
goal of this podcast is to inspire and encourage as many moms as possible to design their lives in a way that allows them to have freedom and flexibility to spend as much time with their kids as possible and earn the income they need for their families. You can help me reach more moms by subscribing to, reviewing, and sharing the podcast. I love connecting with my listeners, so reach out and leave a review. If you have an idea for someone who should be a guest on the show, or you would like me to find a guest in a specific field, let me know. I'm here to serve you. Join me next week for another episode of the Capital Mom Podcast.